Gardening with Cisco is brought to you by GNB Organics. Oh la la, and bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to the August 10th show, and uh, hey, we got rain. What? Uh, this is a very interesting summer. I, it's just unbelievable. Every time I think, man, I better get some water on that garden. Then it rains again. And man, it rained. I went out and looked at my rain gauge, almost an inch of rain. That is like amazing in the middle of summer like this. I think this is like one of the weekends known as the least possible to get rain in uh, the Pacific Northwest. So, oh, la, la. So, boy, I'll take it. I am so happy I didn't have to get out there and water this morning and Nothing waters like mama nature. Hey, I'm flying solo today, so uh, feel free to give me a call. You got a garden question? One triple eight nine seven three Cairo. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So I uh, I want to say hi to everyone I spoke to. So I uh, I don't know if you caught me on New Day Monday. That's uh, on at 11 o'clock. Uh, Margaret Larson is so fun to work with. Uh, and uh, so I showed uh, Crocosmias. That's on King 5, by the way. And uh, there are, I got to tell you, you know, listen, Lucifer's a great one. We all have that in our garden. It's got that beautiful red flower, but it, it just is so aggressive. It flops over. You got to just stake the livid tweedle out of it. There are so many new good ones out there. So I'm sure you can get that on, uh, you know, just go to uh, New Day Northwest on King 5 and put in Cisco and you'll, you could watch that and uh, you'll see a lot of new crocosmias that you may want to consider. And I showed how to divide them too, which is about the easiest thing there ever was to do. Okay. And then I did what I think was one of the funnest talks I've ever done in my life. It was at the Bellevue Botanical Garden. They called it an evening with Cisco, and it was a members-only event, so you had to become a member or be a member to go to it. And I talked to a number of people that told me they got a membership to go to it, and it was my favorite plants. I gave away, I think, 16 plants that I hand-picked because I thought they were the coolest plants on earth. People had to solve my tough, tough Cisco Garden Stumper questions. Well, it was a total sellout. There wasn't an open seat in the place as far as I could see. And uh, just everybody had a wonderful time, and uh, it was just great. Even though I almost had the fire, uh, Nita Joe Roundtree as Vanna because she took one of the plants to the wrong people. <laughs> That added to the fun. So, uh, wow, that was fun. Bellevue Botanical Garden is really great. I just think it's a terrific uh, place. And uh, Arts in the Garden is coming up now. That'll be, uh, they're having a pre-party on Friday, August 24th, you could go to. But then Saturday, August 24th, and Sunday, August 25th is totally free to the public. They'll have all kinds of fantastic artists all over that garden selling fantastic garden art. And uh, and if you want, at 2 o'clock, you can come on a tour with me, and we'll go see the artists. I'll, we'll visit some of the beautiful plants in the Bellevue Botanical Garden, and I'll talk about them, answer your garden questions. 
It's a really fun event, so really cool stuff. And then just so you know, August 25th, I'll be at the Garlic Festival in Chehalis. That is one stinky talk. (laughs) The whole place smells so much like garlic, you can't believe it. That's at the fairgrounds in Chehalis, so that's on uh, August 25th, Sunday. Hey, but uh, today I'm going to be at the Grange in Issaquah, and I'll be there at 2 o'clock today. So if you haven't ever been to the Grange in Issaquah, they got some good plants there, really nice plants. And uh, they let me give away a bunch of them, too. And I'm going to give away a T-shirt and a book. So, uh, hey, I hope you'll come. 2 o'clock today. They got a tent you could sit under. So uh, really, really fun. Hey, and by the way, I it was really fun being on Take 5 that uh that's the new show that starts at 4 on King 5. And I had to do a rapid answer of garden questions. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. Sorry, you person with the uh, lilac that I said, just uh, you're going to be replacing that. That's the way life is. So, all right. Um, okay, let me just see if there's anything else I need to talk about right away. Hey, there is one thing. I got a something from the state today, and they're worried about invasive species of insects moving into Washington State. I th- I can't remember how long it's been, but uh, there has been about 70 invasive species that have moved in over the last few years, and these can be pretty serious bugs. So uh, if you want to, what they're hoping is that if you notice a tree die suddenly, now, if it's a birch, we all know that's the birch bronze borer, the bronze birch borer. And uh, you don't need to, you know, send them something about that because they know about that. But if you have a conifer or something that suddenly dies and then you see holes in the trunk and you see a big fat insect come crawling out of there, uh, if you can grab that, take it to a master gardener clinic, then I think they'll send that into the state. And uh, we can help find out. Or you could take a picture of it and send it to the website I'm about to tell you about. So uh, it's Invasive Species. So this is the website, invasivespecies.wa, that's W-A, dot gov. So invasivespecies.wa.gov. If you see a really weird bug... Uh, either take a picture of it, take a few pictures of it, send it on in to the, to the state, to that website. And I should have had Mary put that on the front of my website, but I'll do it next week, okay? Or I'll, I'll ask her to do it, and you can go to my website anytime and find that, but it's not in there yet. And uh, But uh, because, you know, these things could be wiping out our dug furs and our, uh, you know, hemlocks and all these plants, we don't want to lose them, first of all. But also, some of these are really bad that will get into farms, and then they'll be using pesticides to try and get rid of them, or uh, they'll be in our private gardens, and uh, we don't want that, you know. So uh, the sooner we find out they're here, the quicker the state can act and maybe get rid of them using uh, as environmentally friendly methods as possible and be done with them. Okay, so uh, so they did get rid of a really bad pest that moved in. They found one in Tequila. Someone notified the state, and they eradicated it before it became a problem. So it can happen. 
Okay. So I hope you'll give me uh, some uh, calls today. So I'll give you that number again, one 973 cairo one 973 5476 And uh, I do have some emails with me if I need them. So we'll go to those if ha- have to do it. And uh, just a reminder, I hope I see lots of you at the Grange in Issaquah. And that'll be at 2 o'clock. All right, listen, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll see if we got some phone calls. We'll get this show on the road. 97.3 Cairo FM. Hey, I want to say hi to everybody that's at the uh, annual Meet the Board Tour for the Northwest Horticultural Society. You're probably driving between gardens over there in West Seattle. And uh, thanks for tuning in to the show. Hey, uh, just a couple of things I want you to know, and that is that uh, there is a pretty cool thing going on at Heronswood. So it's uh, Summer Nights in Heronswood, Summer Nights in the Heronswood Garden. And uh, what they've got is a jazz pianist, Jack Ramsey. So if you go to this, it's it's, uh, Thursday, August 15th, goes from 6 to 8.30. Got this great jazz pianist playing out there in the garden. And then you get to go see the garden, I think, for 20 bucks. Uh, you get uh, you get to go to the stroll stroll the garden. You get to listen to Jack perform while you do it, and you even get one complimentary beverage, whether it's wine, a microbrew, or a soft drink. So, uh, and then there are appetizers. Uh, that I think you can buy, but maybe they're for free. I'm not even sure. So, <laughs> hey, it's pretty cool. All right. Hey, let's go to Janet right now in Everett. Hey, Janet, thanks a lot for calling. Hi, Cisco. Thank you for being there. Um, I have a question about my winter squash. It's been pretty much devastated by powdery mildew. But there are a bunch of squashes on there that look good. So can I just leave it there or do I have to just throw the whole thing out? No, no. You're in great shape. So that that, this is very common on on winter squash a lot of times and it it can also happen like zucchini in the summer squashes so you yeah. get this powdery mildew so thick you can't believe it and you just can't stand it but it does it does prevent the the uh plant from producing as much food as you wish it did but most of the time despite that the squash end up uh, ripening up and end up in great shape either way. But I will give you a couple of tips for next year. Usually this is caused by, now usually, by not quite enough water. The plant gets stressed out for some reason, and usually it's not enough water. So next summer, try watering a little more. You don't want to overwater and rot it. That would be the worst. The other Mm -hmm. thing is, the minute you see little spots of powdery mildew form mm-hmm. on the leaves, make yourself a little recipe that works really good to stop powdery mildew in its tracks. And what it is, mm-hmm. it's uh, two teaspoons of baking soda in a quart of water and add about four drops of dishwashing detergent. 
Shake it up I good? I did that, Cisco. You did it? Yeah. And it didn't work? Yeah, I did. Well, it did work. <laughs> oh. Then I go back the next day and it'd be more on the other leaves. And then I go back the next day and it'd be more. Now, uh. I, I heard that. Somebody said it's not systemic, but I'm convinced that it is. No, it's not. It it, goes, believe it or not. It's not? Uh, no, pottery mildew, blow, the spores blow through the... Now, the spores blow through the wind. They get on your plant. But oh. if you grew squash last year or any other plant that got pottery mildew and you didn't get every bit of the leaves out of the soil, mm-hmm. the, yeah. it's not that the spores are living in the soil. They're living on the dead tissue in there, but they're blowing in the wind and your plant's right there. So they're getting oh. right on those leaves. Okay. Yep. All Even right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, but I know, so I know it can I mean, be hard. If I leave those squashes in the ground now, will they continue to get bigger or what? Oh, yeah. No, oh, they're going to keep growing. You're going to get your squash. Oh. But the oh, more yeah. you can the more you can keep that powdery mildew off, I know it's a pain having to spray, spray, spray like that. Yeah. But the more All you right. can keep that off, the, the more food the leaves are going to make, the bigger the squash is going to get and the quicker it's going to ripen up. Okay. And Alrighty. Hey, one so last much. thing, Janet. With this weird, yeah. this weird summer we're having, hardly any heat. Yeah. Uh, if those if those squash don't ripen up, it's not the powdery mildew. It's this ridiculous summer we're having that there's no yeah. heat, no sun. I mean, I love it personally, but uh, but um, I know. so that could that could throw a curveball at your squash ripening up. But hopefully, we'll, so. it sounds like the heat's coming back, and we're going to be okay. Okay. Now, one more. Can I ask you one more quick question? Yeah, yeah you betcha. I finally had. Okay, I have. I finally had a ripe tomato yesterday, and a little rat bit into it. So now, can I just cut that out, or do I, should I just throw the whole thing away? Throw that away. What do you, I wouldn't need. I wouldn't ever eat a did, tomato yeah. already. But oh, I'll give you a big yeah. tip: harvest the tomatoes before they're ripe. So we okay. have to do this at some areas at our house because the rats, yeah. rats are everywhere in Seattle and the whole area. I know. So, yeah. so what we do in the back where the rats come, and I've been trying to catch them with rat traps, but they're so dang smart. Mm-hmm. Once you miss them, then they learn and they, <laughs> you won't get them anymore. But um, uh-huh. so, uh, so what I do in the back, we harvest the minute we see a little red in the tomatoes, I wish we yeah. could wait until they were totally ripe and perfect, but we harvest them before the rats really want them. They want the nice ripe oh. ones just like we do. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so harvest early and just bring them in, ripen them, ripen them up on the counter. They don't have to be in sun or anything, just warmth. They'll ripen right up. And oh, then you can out with oh. those doggone rats and put out a few rat traps and uh, see if, yeah. you know, you, the first time you put them out, you catch rats. After that, they're too yeah. dang smart. You know, they know. But. <laughs> okay, Cisco, thanks so much. Oh, hey, those great were great, qu- great questions. See you, Janet. Bye. All right, we're going to stick Gary up there on the line. But, Gary, I may have to hold you through the news, but we'll see how we do. Hi, welcome. Hey, Cisco, this is your Carolyn guy in Chehalis. Hey! <laughs> The last two years, we've been having these very strange new dandelion-like plants, right? Ah. 
And this year there really were. So I went down to the Wazoo Extension Office and got a book on invasive species. And the closest thing I could find was hackweed. Now, these critters, this, these, this plant grows real flat to the ground uh-huh. and then has a long, skinny stem and, and, uh, and then a bright yellow flower. And they all grow exactly the same height. Oh, and I weed them down. And they the, the blossoms mature in the seeds, and they reseed themselves. Oh boy! Yeah, and, and and even you know I'm not a Roundup fan, but no, I have I'm a not little either. bit, and I and I tried it, and that the plant almost won. <laughs> wow! Hey, I got and a better. Then, I got some better than Roundup for you. Oh, well, I'm sure there is. Oh yeah, it's straight white I tried, vinegar. I tried to torch them with a with a uh, you know the propane torch. Torches but don't work. It's, it's just too much work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's hotter than heck if it's a hot day. Uh, a friend of mine started his garden on fire. <laughs> he used wood oh, yeah. chips for mulch, and they caught fire. He had a big problem getting them out. But um, <laughs> And they don't see that. Torch never burns roots, so they come no, right these, back. And, then, and Cisco, the roots on these puppies are like carrots. Oh, God. Hey, straight white, straight white vinegar. Well, you know, I've got a recipe for that. I was going to try it, and, and and I tried just a little bit of straight vinegar, and it stinks so bad. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? If you got a hot date planned for that night after you do this, it better be <laughs> someone that likes pickles because you are gonna you're gonna be well wearing eau de jerkin for three days after you do this. You know. <laughs> Uh, well, when you come down here for the for the um uh, the the oh yeah the for the garlic festival yeah. yeah the garlic festival you will notice on the countryside these plants I don't know if you've heard oh. of these yet no but I I, I got to well are you gonna are you gonna come to the garlic oh, festival you if you, you do bring me one book. of these I will cool the book says they're also impalatable. And my neighbor lost a goat. You're kidding. From eating yeah, it them? Didn't say, it didn't say it was toxic. It said it was unpalatable. Well, I wouldn't think that that would mean the, gar- the goat wouldn't eat it. It would be too oh, bitter. So yeah, the, ga- the goat must have eaten something else. I hope. I mean, you never know. I mean, no one maybe no, but it would say poison, I think, if it was poison and and yeah. I'll tell you, goats can eat just about anything. They're tough. <laughs> oh, my God. I had one get on my hood of my car, and it ate my window wipers and my <laughs> and my rearview mirror. So oh, <laughs> it put a lot of dents in the hood, too. Hey, Gary, I am. thanks for telling us about this. What's it called again? Hackweed. Hackweed. All right. I'm writing that down. I want to see right, that hackweed. You, you come. You a sample at the garlic festival. All right. Say hi to me for sure and bring me that hackweed. I can't wait. This will be great to meet you, too. So, okay. all right. Hey, I'll all see right, you in Chehalis on the 25th. Bye-bye. We'll Thank you. Okay. Hey, listen, we better uh, give time for uh, the news here. So, Alec will be in here letting you know what's going on, and I'll be right back after that on 97.3 Cairo FM. Give me a call.
Oh, la, la. Hey, in a minute, we're going to go to Karen. I do want to, I almost forgot to tell you that there's a big fuchsia show going on today. And it goes till 5 o'clock. It's at the Renew Covenant Church, 2721 164th Street in Linwood. And, you know, you just go to my events page on Cisco.com, C-I-S-C-O-E.com, and find out all about all these things that I tell you about. And right now we're going to Karen in Seattle. Hey, Karen, thanks for waiting. Hi there. Howdy. How are you doing? Oh, so good. How about you? You know, I'm doing good, and I just see you're going to be in Issaquah soon, so maybe I could get down there today and show you some pictures, but I need your help desperately. All right. I have a beautiful, um, it's a pine tree that my father has bonsaied for the last 50 years, so it's pretty tall. I mean, it it hits almost the top of the roof line. Uh And recently, my parents moved, um, and we still own the home. And my mother passed away, so all of this is, not only is it a shame that this tree is starting to die off, it's very sentimental. So um, it seems like the top part of the tree is starting to die off while the bottom um, balls still are growing some pines. Mm. I don't know. This sounds, it doesn't sound great, I tell you. You know, first of all, it could be a root problem. The reason I say that is because think about how much pressure it takes to send water to the top of a big tree. So mm-hmm. if if you're starting to have root problems, the first place you see the problems are up in the top of the tree because it can't send the, it's not getting enough water to send to the top. So it I could see. it could be that it's suffering drought because boy, despite the fact we're having this wet summer, we've had a lot of dry years and now trees are starting to pay the price when they weren't watered over the last couple of years very well. Or, okay. or when trees start to get into trouble, they send out chemical signals that tell uh, boring insects. These aren't insects that are, you know, boring to talk to. <laughs> they're the kind of bore into the tree. <laughs> and, uh, okay. So they're flying around. They they get these chemical signals and basically the trees saying, hey, I'm I'm dying. Come do me in. Uh, take me back to the earth again, you know, break me uh-huh. down. So it could be that there's borers in there. And uh, it's hard to say, you know, you could, if you if you really wanted to save the tree, are you thinking you'd like to move the tree or just save it? No, I don't want to move it. I want to keep it where it's at. But okay. I just don't know how to address it. And... I I think what I would do would I would uh, look at consulting um, certified arborists, and okay. if you go to Cisco dot com, you can mm-hmm. go to links, and then I think it's gardening organizations. You could find the ISA, which is the International Society of Arborists, and because yes. uh, I was one for years. And I, yes, I and then that, look yeah. for a consulting arborist that, that can climb up there and really, you know, help you figure out what's wrong with your tree. Okay. okay. It's not going to be cheap 
to do this, but uh, if you really love the tree, you, the problem is I'm not sure you're going to be able to save it. It doesn't sound good to me. No, it doesn't sound good either to me. So I thought I would send you some pictures. So maybe I'll just send you some pictures and you could take a look and just for your own Sure. And if you have any ideas the way it looks, that might trigger maybe what is wrong with it. So yes. I have your email address from the show there. I'll send it off to you. All right. Send those off. And I want everybody to know I try to answer questions to the best of my ability. And because you called, I'm going to be watching for yours. And you're going to, I'll definitely answer your, yours. But I okay. get so many email questions, which is fine. I love it. And uh, But I can't write everybody back. You will get written back, though, Karen. I promise you that. You know, I'm also happy if I know how long you're going to be in Issaquah at the Grange. I can I can get over there to see oh, you this afternoon. I'll be there at 2, and I, I'm sure I'll be there till 4 at the very least. The hour, how the about talk- if I do that? How about if I do that and save the room for you to answer somebody else's That'd be great. Email? That'd be great. Okay. I'll do that. My name's Karen, and the tree is the one in Seward Park. All right. It's a deal. I'll be, uh, I'll be waiting for you. Sounds good. Thank you so much, and I really appreciate you taking my call. Ah, uh, yeah, you betcha. Thanks for calling, Karen. <laughs> okay. Okay, bye. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, let's go right to Morgan in Odessa. Hey, Cisco. Hi. Hi, Morgan. How are you? I'm great. How are you today? Oh, just fantastic. Thanks. Uh, hey, that uh, that weed that the guy called in about, uh-huh. uh, the tall thing with the yellow flower, uh, that might be a common cat's ear. Oh. Why they call it that, I have no idea. Common but I was fighting that. I lived over there for about 25 years, and uh, in Edmonds, we rented a place that it was just all over the place. It took me about a year to get rid of it, but I finally did. Wow. Uh, just used weed and feed on it, um, and it did take care of it, but it's just exactly as he described, flat leaves on the ground, and then it gets a tall stem with a little, little flower on top. Mm. Does it, does and, the flower uh, look just like a dandelion, or does it talk, look like a yeah. cat's ear? <laughs> no, <laughs> that's why I couldn't figure out why they called it that. But, no, it looks just like a dandelion. Okay. In fact, that's what I thought they were at first, but uh, I've heard... I looked them up online, and that's uh, what they called it. Sounds it like it's got quite like a taproot. So it's... What's that? It sounds like it's got quite a taproot, hard to pull out. Yeah. Well, and then I had read something where somebody got the, it is a milkweed, and they got that on their skin, and it made them really sick. So, ah, so maybe it did uh, kill that goat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Could be. Wow. But anyway, over here we've been having really hot weather, and uh, I've, well, I was I had a hip replacement in May, so I didn't get my garden in like I wanted to. Oh, that's tough. But I did buy uh, established plants and put them in containers, and I use a drip system to save on water. And uh, I do put some stuff in the ground. Now, it hasn't been doing worth a hoot. And I planted five rows of corn, 
and it seems like it comes up and something saws it off. Um, mm. I even reseeded it, and some of those are coming up. How, how tall did they get before they get sawed off? <laughs> Not very tall at all. I'm lucky if I get an inch out of them. I, I wonder if and, you have voles. They're field no. mice. No. Well, I know there's mice all over the place, but I've got enough cats roaming around here. That shouldn't be a problem. But uh-huh. uh, I wondered, did grasshoppers, would grasshoppers do that? I because don't. there seems to be an abundance of those this year. I don't think they'd saw it off. I You uh-huh. could have cutworms. Cutworms will saw them off, but I've never seen them do uh-huh. it to corn. But I yeah. I think you got chipmunks or something doing this. It could well. I got quail. There's all kinds of quail here this year. Uh, tons of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I went to get in my car, and they were under my carport, and they all took off at once. I I and, would think the quail uh, would eat the seed and not the not the actual. Well, oh yeah, that's true. Because my neighbor feeds them wheat. And uh, I was hoping that would keep them away, but they like to come and dust in my garden area. Uh, so, uh, well, something's but, outwitting those cats of yours. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought it was some kind of insect. You're but, sure it uh, couldn't be deer, even, or, or well, rabbits? It, or... I don't think, I don't know if the deer, well, the cats take care of the rabbits, too. Oh, you're right. Well, that's uh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to borrow some of those cats for my neighborhood. Those damn, uh, damn rabbits are driving me nuts. But uh, I, but well, I, I, do have, but I, I deer come through too. But uh, yeah, deer could do uh, it. I'll tell you what, they yeah. gobble those right off. That would be a gourmet treat for them. Oh yeah, but they're hardly big enough to even see, let alone. That's sounding uh, like voles more and more to me. They're they're the kind of culprit or chipmunks that'll do something like uh, that. And they're pretty uh, sneaky. They sneak out before uh, the cats can see them. uh, It's just I don't see any tracks or there's no holes out there or anything. So I don't know. Maybe I should put my game camera out out, there. Yeah, yeah. Go out at night with your flashlight. Just take your time because whatever's out there, they're going to come out and do it, and you're going to see them. You got to let me know what it is when you see them, all right? Because now I'm dying of curiosity. Hey, listen, I have to run, Morgan. But uh, thanks for the call, and uh, good luck. Thanks for telling us about the weeds, too. Hey, no problem. All right. Good to talk to you. Take care. Keep eating your Brussels sprouts. We'll right, be right back after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. section of the show, so I don't think I'll take any more calls because I might not have time to answer your question, but I got some great emails this week, so I thought I'd do one of those. So one was from Judy, and the first first email came and it said, uh, who will win, blackberries or ivy, if they have a war? <laughs> and I thought, what? And then she wrote again and said, uh, she lives by uh, a county greenbelt. And it's pure blackberries, and they're starting to move into her garden like crazy. 
because it's right along her property line, and she thought she'd plant ivy to stop the blackberries. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it, Judy. Because what you're going to get, it's not going to stop the blackberries one bit, but the ivy's going to get all twisted and stuck into it. You think it's tough getting rid of blackberries? Wait till uh, that ivy starts growing into that. Oh, la, la. So you don't want that for anything. So what I recommend is just mow it. If it's a flat patch, you know, uh, and there's nothing really growing in there, mow it every other week. If you do that, no blackberry will survive in that area where you're mowing. So just mow right along the property line. It'll turn into a rough lawn that will be filled with uh, grasses and weeds that like to be mowed because blackberry cannot stand being mowed for anything. And so by doing that, you will you will totally get rid of the blackberry problem. And, you know, at some point, you know, maybe, you know what I would do? I would cut down a bunch of blackberry on the other side of the fence, mow over there, and then you could plant all kinds of cool plants on your side of the fence and never get blackberry. So, you, Of course, some blackberry is always going to grow up if in any area if you're not mowing it regularly because it's probably putting out 100 billion seeds. <laughs> Mowing, that's my answer. Okay, one other one. Um, Mary sent me a picture of an oak tree with all these uh, things that look like little brown apples all over it. And she's like, what? What is going on? What? What's going on? And well, this is called um, uh, oak apple. It's... It, Oak apple gall is what it's called. And so what's happening is little wasps lay their eggs in the buds of the oak tree. So on, in, a, in a leaf bud, they lay an egg. The little uh, wasp hatches inside the leaf bud, uh, and it injects a chemical into that, And so the leaf bud, instead of growing a leaf, grows this thing. It could be one to two inches round, a little brown apple. And it's filled with spongy material, and the wasp feeds on that spongy material in there and is totally protected against its enemies and uh, the vagaries of nature and everything else. And, uh, And I have seen oak trees with literally hundreds of these on them. And, but the good news is that even if they get 100, there's still 200 leaves on the tree. Usually has to be a pretty big one to get that many of these uh, oak apple gulls. And so uh, it doesn't really do any harm at all to the tree. And it's just kind of, it's an interesting phenomenon, kind of interesting to see. So, uh, don't worry about it. It's not hurting your oak tree a bit. And um, But if you don't like it or you're worried about it, then uh, try and pull as many of those uh, oak leaf galls off as you can, and uh, you'll get less of them if you do that. But if you leave mine there, there's a lot of wasps in there. They're going to hatch out. They're going to reinfect other ones. So that's uh, the best thing you can do. Okay, this has been so fun today. I really appreciate it. Brian, thanks as always. Hey, everybody, I hope you come to the Grange. It's going to be a lot of fun. they got great plants that are going to let me give a lot away. And somebody is going to win a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt. 
Oh, la, la. <laughs> hey, okay, what do you got to remember? Don't forget to eat your Brussels sprouts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.